Imagine flying halfway across the world to land your dream job in Australia where you're earning incredible money and you're thinking that your professional life just couldn't be any better. However, as soon as you settle into the job, you realize that one of your male managers is a little bit toxic and starts to relentlessly bully you. That's exactly what happened to Jessica Hickman, today's guest on the podcast. She's going to be talking to us about how bullying can significantly impact our mental health and also what it's like to recover from the impacts of bullying and the experiences of having PTSD. You're not going to want to miss this episode, so get your earbuds comfy and let's get cracking. Welcome to Get Over Yourself the podcast for successful women who are ready to get out of their own way and quit letting fear hold them back. You've worked hard to get to where you are, so it's about damn time you felt confident enough to enjoy it. I'm your host, Eloise Tompkins, and I've spent over a decade mastering the art of psychology so I can help women just like you stop the self-doubt spiral and learn to love yourself enough to move forward. Welcome to another episode of Get Over Yourself, where today we are speaking with Jessica Hickman, who, as the founder and director of Bullyology, an advocate of the Upstander movement, she provides individuals and companies with the tools and strategies that will enable them to create thriving, respectful workplaces that are free for bullying and harassment. She has over 15 years of experience and has provided training and professional talks all across the USA, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, the UK, and she has been creating thriving workplace cultures in Australia since 2013. Jessica is also the published author of Bullyology, Breaking the Silence on Bullying, and she's also the author of The Upstanding Leader, How to Develop a Speak Up Culture. So I am so excited to introduce Jessica today. So Jessica, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. (laughs) Likewise. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do now? Yeah. So among many hats, I am a woman in business. So I run a training and educational business called Bullyology um, that focuses on building workplace culture or positive, thriving workplace culture across Australia and beyond. And I actually didn't wake up one day and go, oh, I'm going to focus my life's work on creating a business focusing on bullying, harassment and mistreatment at work. It actually was because I suffered adversity that I fell into this business. Uh, so running the business, I'm also obviously, as you said, an author and speaker and uh, I've done a podcast, uh, among many things. And aside from that, I sit on a few board positions. Uh, also a co-founder of something called Central West Inspired Women that provides educational and opportunities to re- regional and remote women. Uh, I live in Orange, New South Wales. Um, so there's some of my professional hats. Aside from that, I am a new mother with an eight-month-year-old little baby boy called Phoenix, uh, a wife, I know a mum to two dash hounds that I feel like I've got three children. So it's really interesting that I'm in my first year of motherhood, navigating being a working woman, uh, running a business, sitting on boards, being a good mum, having a purpose and all of the things. So yeah, it's been a, a fun but interesting journey. Wearing a lot of hats by the sound of it. And I think hearing that, you know, like there's this incredible um, 
sense of achievement that I kind of uh, hear and feel as you're talking through some of that. And what I'm really curious about was what your journey was like along the way for you to kind of reach this point. Yeah, so um, I'm from the UK, I'm from Wales, and I started my early career really um, volunteering at a local youth club. Uh, I think I've always had a passion and drive for social justice, uh, helping people in my community. I was actually given a really good mentor, um, not, you know, through a structured program, but someone that was like, you know, you have leadership skills, you'd be really good at this. Do you want to run the kitchen cooking activities or um, collect the money at the shop at the youth club? And I think I just loved having a purpose. Uh, so that was early on. And I then started my career. I was mentored and worked for a local council as a youth and community manager. Actually became the leader of that youth club and a few others and studied youth and community. So Social impact, homelessness uh, and helping people were really at my core and still am. And I came to Australia in 2013 um, on a career break, uh, came for a three month backpacking adventure. And I think when I stepped off the plane, I knew I wanted to stay in the country. And that was just the beginning of my journey. And I'm now a decade on and Australia is very much my home, uh, you know, where I've had my son, where I do all my work. Uh, and it's been a really good opportunity, but uh, it hasn't been plain sailing. I actually got a job, uh, which was really exciting, working in the oil and gas industry um, in a HR position uh, in the people and culture team. And unfortunately, in that role, um, the more successful I, I became as a female in the industry, the more I was bullied and harassed by my manager. Wow, that is, to me, it's fascinating. And I know that we've kind of just touched the surface of, of um, I guess, your career and your journey. And this is where my mind goes. My mind has a tendency to... <laughs> go to this place of, hmm, it's interesting that there's these traits there uh, for a, a woman who um, at quite a young age developed this sense of wanting to care for other people and wanting to sort of be in that helping role. And my mind is like, where did that come from? Um, so I am kind of curious about that and how that developed yeah. for you. Yeah, look, I reckon um, it's definitely a childhood thing. Um, if I look at my family dynamic, um, I grew up in a very loving household with my mum and my stepdad. Unfortunately, my biological father um, had his own issues and demons with alcohol. Um, and him, like, kudos to my mum. She had the courage to leave him when I was very small. And um, I feel like I grew up in a house very sheltered uh, because I had love for my, I call my dad, my stepdad. Um, yeah, I call my stepdad, my dad. And I grew up in a two parent household with that love. But on the out surface was um, something, you know, it took me till my adult years and doing what we call the work to realize the impact of seeing my father till a certain age and then him disappearing overnight. Uh, unfortunately, he's passed away um, in my teens. Uh, and that came with a lot of complexities of why does this happen? Um, I lost my gran at a young age, which I now know was a catalyst for mental health issues in my father and grandfather, which then came with suppressing the trauma of um, 
alcohol abuse. So I guess that I've always wanted to help people and had like a deep empathy for people. Uh, so much so that when I am running my business, uh, a prime example was in COVID when speaking opportunities were, um, you know, disappeared overnight. And then I started to do a lot of client work online. I then was given time back to work in youth homeless centers in Sydney. And then when I moved to regional New South Wales in Orange, um, I started working uh, at the drug and alcohol rehab, um, doing coaching and some support. Uh, So I guess that if I go back to the root, um, I definitely think it was, um, having a deep empathy. And I think that's one of the reasons why I suffered bullying in the workplace, because I was kind, empathetic, high achieving. And my, I want to say psychopath or sociopath manager lacked all level of self-awareness and empathy. Um, And my kindness and rapport with people, which included creating success, really triggered him. So I think at the core, it may be that empathy and, um, you know, making sure everyone is seen, heard and valued and uh, making sure everyone's okay and like that real nurturing person uh, and that in all aspects of life, which sometimes can be exhausting as an empath. (laughs) Absolutely. I talk to people about that all the time, like that uh, being empathic and having being um, attuned to other people's emotions, needs the environment around us can can be exhausting sometimes. And that being said, though, it's also a strength in many ways because it can help, like you sort of said, it's helped uh, in your career, it's helped in your personal life and uh, it's helped you be able to do things like help vulnerable populations in many ways, have that empathy towards your parents. On the flip side, it also sounds like it's impacted you in other ways. It's impacted how you see the world and, and I would wonder if it's also impacted how you kind of see relationships in terms of Mm. that deep seated, is somebody going to leave or am I going to feel rejected or abandoned? And I'm I'm throwing that out there. I might not be. Yeah. Oh, and and look, I am not in that space right now, but definitely throughout my um, 20s, predominantly I I came to Australia and started working in the oil and gas industry, was earning great money and living on the other side of the world Um, and then started suffering workplace bullying. But then that triggered um, within me, uh, I look back and I was attracting the wrong people into my life because I was just operating at this lower frequency, this energy I was suffering at work and wanting to be loved outside of work. And um, yeah, and it was just like a, a few years of lack of self-confidence, lack of self-love um, and, you know, attracting the, the wrong men into my life. And I had to, um, the, the good thing about what happened and, you know, it is a blessing that I went to, to the dark space and the only way for me was to find the light. So, um, you know, spiritual practices, meditation, mindfulness, Reiki energy healing. I kind of went on this self-discovery of, of journey to go, right, okay, who am I? And then, I met my husband actually um, when I was on what I would call a, a man ban, my younger self, where I was like, right, I'm, I'm clearing all lower frequencies, energies, people, and even my workplace out of my life because I deserve better and I deserve more. And when I had done the work through coaching and 
psychologists, su- support, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual work. That's when I was like, right, this is who I am. These are my values. These are my standards. And if people come into my life that don't add to what I want to get from my life, then unfortunately, they're not for me. And with love and light, they need to leave. And that changed everything for me because uh, I met my beautiful husband. Um, you know, my friendship group started to change the frequency. Uh, I only do work with clients now that, um, you know, we're a values match, whereas they want to do better. They want to create environments rather than tick a box or, um, you know, are not operating from a place of that empathy or kindness or respect. Uh, so I guess, yeah, it's it's been a journey to understand myself. I love that so much. Like as an authenticity coach and also being trained in psychology, like I hear that and I think this is where I take my clients on that journey because, and and I love hearing that there is that light on the other side because I think a lot of times women will often talk to me and they'll get kind of hooked into staying where they're currently at because where they're currently at feels safer, even though it might be uh, miserable or dark or unhappy, it's also familiar and, and there's a sense of safety that comes with that. And hearing that when you make that choice to Um, whether it's you hit rock bottom or whether it's you hit a point in your life and you're like, I can't do this anymore, to make a choice to say something has to change. And it can also be really positive on the other side of that. Uh, I imagine would be really inspiring for people who are kind of at that crossroads at the moment. So I really appreciate you sharing that. I'm also curious to hear about, uh, I guess, the, the bullying because that's been a really big part of your uh, journey and the adversity that you've faced and in terms of the work that you're doing at the moment. Can you share a little bit about that for us? Yeah, great. So look, the bullying at first, look, I was subject to bullying and harassment for a three and a half year journey. And I remember when um, my bully joined the workforce, uh, he fitted in seamlessly, acted as a colleague and peer, then was promoted into a management position. So um HR manager, human resources, so in charge of the humans within the business. And I remember him pulling me into the office on day one and saying, I've seen the way you operate, um, you know, accusing me of having interpersonal relationships with people, making backhanded comments about I was only successful because of the way I look, because I was a woman. um, And, you know, the way I present myself, bearing in mind, we're on a construction site and I'm in PPE, high-vis suit, boiler hat, and hat. I'm like, I couldn't look any less attractive if I tried. But that's not the point. Um, you know, he went on this campaign to belittle me, undermine me, set unrealistic expectations, um, undermine me in meetings, snigger under his breath, um, call me names, swear. Look, it escalated over time. Uh, it was really subtle that was packaged as banter. And it's the industry or toughen up princess. Uh, don't be so sensitive. But what ultimately happened was when I grew, I started to win awards for my culture-based work. My colleagues wanted to come in and only talk to me because I was signposting people for mental health support. Uh, listening to them was empathetic. Uh, I was running culture programs. Uh, so they really connected with me. That infuriated him. 
And I guess that uh, understanding tall poppy syndrome is really prominent in Australia. I now realize that I was the tall poppy. And uh, if anyone doesn't know about tall poppy syndrome, ultimately, it's this culture of when someone grows, there's this culture of wanting to cut them down, gossip behind their back, backstab them. So I realized it was my success that led to the bullying. But I was also on a visa. So the comp- he made it very known that the company owned me, basically. And I guess little Miss Stubborn thought, you will not push me out of a company for doing a good job, let alone a country where I built a home, a life, and was in a new relationship. Um, and I thought, right, so I stayed. And I now realize that I stayed... Ugh, let's say three years too long, because it took me um, hospitalization, where I had a long string of uh, physical, uh, emotional, psychological um, ill health start to show up. Uh, Early on, it was repetitive strain injury, aches, pains, migraines. My body was constantly in that fight flight and sometimes freeze um the uh, anxiety I, I doc someone give me great advice to document it um so I've got this all these journals where you know migraines sleepless nights sometimes physically vomiting before work um to then you know the, the hazy brain to the constantly sitting on my desk uptight which caused gut health issues and female issues and you know all the con- the complexities um of what show- shows up really when your body is in this stressed state and then it was June 2017 after a sleepless night that I actually physically collapsed and it was that moment of my body saying enough is enough you've been heightened for such a period of time it's unable to physically sustain so um, yeah, it was laying in that Darwin hospital bed that my life was at a crossroads. I'd been promised time and time again that the bullying would be resolved. I'd reported it 32 times with documents, evidence, witnesses. We'd even gone to an investigation and they said, oh, we need to keep him. Let's promote him. Yeah, let's promote him up as a solution. So Anyway, that, that, that is like uh, what I see time and time again. Uh, let's promote the person up out of the way and then they go on a bigger reign of terror with more power. And it was at a hospital bed that I was like, right, I can either let this experience break me, be silenced like they want. Uh, they shared that I left because I had female issues. And it was a really difficult moment in my life because I had a beautiful apartment, new relationship, was living in Darwin, earning really good money. And then I walked away and was so kind of physically, mentally and spiritually traumatized. I was like, I need to leave Darwin. And thankfully, the lovely relationship is now my husband. And I was like, I need to leave. So I I went overnight of being in this new relationship. um, Saying to him, I need to move out of my apartment. Here's my car. Can you please sell it for me? Um, I need to leave. I flew to Bali um, where I would go and see my spiritual healer. And then I moved to Sydney in secret. And I remember laying in bed going, I'm now in a shared house in a small, cold back bedroom. I've lost my home, my friendship group, my relationship and my job because of bullying. But I need to do something more than this. And I just knew what my core that this had happened for a reason 
Uh, so I then went on a mission. I was like, right, I need to rebuild my life, get a job. Um, anyone that's left a toxic relationship or environment will know that I was like, remember the first day of my new job, like shaking that the CEO was going to hate me, <laughs> all of these things in my mind. Um, and then from there, I worked for a lovely organization that rebuilt my confidence with a female CEO that built me up to the point that she said to me, Jess, you've got a story here. Um, and I was like, I want to create a business, share my message. And she actually mentored me out of that job because she was like, go spread your wings. You've got something. Um, and that was really powerful for me. Um, and that really led me on my journey of building bullyology, um, running workshops, uh, written two books. And again, I'm now six years into business. Um, and now in a, uh, anyone that's built a business will know the first couple of years is just, you're just like hustling um, and you know giving a lot of your time for free because you want to build your brand and your message um, and now my business is in a really exciting space because my second book um, is now in airports and bookstores my clients are mining government um, agriculture um, a whole suite of industries and they come to me now because uh, the way I approach business is I like to be proactive in workplace culture rather than reactive. So develop what I call upstanders and change makers that ultimately at the core speak up um, and save lives. It's that prevention, isn't it, rather than the cure? And, oh, I had goosebumps as you were talking on, on so many levels. And some of the things that really stood out to me <laughs> was I could just imagine a younger you lying in that cold uh, uh, bedroom at the back of the house in a share house. And I, I just, I was thinking as you were saying that, and he'd been promoted. And this is that thing, isn't it, that happens time and time again, where the the person who has perpetrated uh, bullying or uh, abuse or whatever you want to call it, and and we see it in things uh, controversial here, <laughs> incoming uh, things like family violence as well. And and I know that that dynamic is shifting. At the yeah. same time, it's kind of this idea of um, I don't know whether you resonate with the term victim or not. Or I, I'm sometimes nuanced with my language. I'm being a little bit too, yeah. you know, sensitive with my wording here. But being that victim and being the one that's experienced all of these things, yet you're the one that had been punished. And I can, and I see this, I see this with some women um, who that would break them, that would really traumatize them. And for lots of reasons, you know, like past experiences, um, resources, ability to cope, support networks around them, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, can make a huge impact in terms of how we then move forward from that. And I guess you've kind of spoken a little bit to this um, in terms of that point for you where you realised that you needed to get over yourself. Mm. What was that like for you? Yeah, it was, it was look, they, in all aspects of life, um, you know, we can fall into like a bit of a mindset of like imposter syndrome, self-doubt. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. And I just remember that like at my core, I was like, 
you can literally wallow in your self-pity here, Jess, or you can like catch yourself and do something about it. And I just remember like this pivotal moment of like that bedroom. And I was like, right, things are going to work out. I'm exactly where I'm meant to be in life. Um, I just felt really like guided that I was like on a bit bigger path and I just was like right I need to do something about it and I remember sticking all of these butcher's papers around this bedroom and like mapping out my life and what I needed to do to rebuild myself Um, but like to get over yourself is such a journey because life can just catch you and like sweep you up um so I guess that I'm constantly I am not perfect when it's like get over yourself I have to constantly like check myself before I wreck myself um and it can even be when big opportunities come in I'm like oh am I ready for that am I worthy ah and then I go no you are I am enough um and I've I've done a lot of um like self-work and and I guess I surround myself now with a tribe that catches me for that so ambitious women um women that will call me out um you know even so I've got a really close friend um super successful um you know owns a hotel she is like early 30s she's a gun and I met her yesterday and she said to me like what's going on with your nails and I was like dude I'm a new mum I'm literally trying to run a business uh have my son and she was like it's not on brand for you and I was like oh and like just you know like people that can go like sort your nails out you know but more than that can be like that's actually a negative self-doubt comment um you're under undermining yourself undervaluing yourself undervaluing your worth so I'm not sure that's a great way to answer it but I guess that when you asked me that, I was like, oh, I feel like there's so many emotions coming up that I'm constantly on a journey uh, to be better. I hear you on that. And I think absolutely, because there's that pivotal moment. And I had that myself. I know my uh, moment was in my late 20s and it was at the end of a relationship and it wasn't a great relationship. And I remember having that choice point of, okay, I can keep going down that same path um, of self-destruction and ending up like my family um, or I can find myself, I can start doing the work and find that authenticity, find who I truly am. And it was scary. It's terrifying. And, And people will often, women will often talk to me about this, that doing the work can sometimes feel scary because that unknown and not knowing definitely can feel more um uncomfortable I think for a lot of people and also that self-checking on that regular basis am I still in alignment does the goals that I set five years ago one year ago yesterday (laughs) does that still align with me and when I do have those big emotions that come up when this big client comes to me and says hey we want to work with you and my feelings of self-doubt, imposter syndrome and all of that kind of stuff kick in, how do I then want to respond to that? Because I think we can sometimes think that doing the work means that we're going to get to this point of everything's going to feel great and we're just going to feel confident all the time. And that's not the case. It's that constant knowing of being able to check in with yourself. And that is a daily, if not kind of hourly process for a lot of the time. So I love that. So true. Um, I guess 
you've kind of again touched on this, but what is life like for you now? What's life like on the other side of that for you? Um, life is beautiful. I am in a really good space in my life. Um, again, got a loving husband, beautiful son. We live on a beautiful uh, farm with um, dogs and like cows. Uh, but aside from that, on my journey, I guess um, the biggest question I get asked in workshops or events or keynotes is, uh, people share with me that they've got post-traumatic stress disorder, which I was actually diagnosed with post that, um, you know, and they share these things with me. So what I have to be really mindful of is my energy. Um, so again, they say to me, the biggest question is, when will I heal or how do I heal? And I'm, uh, the, the only answer I can give is like healing is such an individual journey and it's never linear. Uh, this is some of the things that I helped, but then sometimes they don't work for me. So you've got to really find, you know, what helps you. And psychologist was one of them. And I know, you know, that's your background. So super important. So life is beautiful. But, um, you know, more recently, I my health hasn't been great because um Post having a baby, I've had lots of back issues, um, which have stemmed from the bullying because I had neck back uh, issues, and uh, and again, I recently worked with a big client where I did. You're going to think I'm crazy, but I did eight keynotes over five days, back to back. Um, uh, working with this client over five days, we were like, "Yep, our keynotes a couple of times a day. Let's let's churn through 1,100 staff in five days." And I was like, "Yep, yep." But what I didn't fail to remember was I'm reliving my story day in day out. Plus, I was six months postpartum, breastfeeding my son all night, then jumping on a stage with hundreds of people. So. Everything was good and I just started to feel like my, um, when I share my story, sometimes I break out in a rash, which my nervous system, you know, the body remembers. Then post that, I can start to have nightmares. So I was like, ooh, okay. So look, life after is a constant journey, but I think I've got enough in my toolkit now or people around me that can say, your neck is flared up, how you go in, or they know when I'm, you know, a little bit disengaged or a little bit erratic, they're like, just calm your energy, how you go in. Um, so I think that it healing from um, trauma, workplace, bullying, domestic violence, family violence, life, um, it's just, again, never linear. So today talking to you, I'm in a really good space. Next week, I could be like, oh my gosh, my, like I'm having nightmares. I, I feel like crap. So yeah and it, it's interesting you talk about that uh and I appreciate the vulnerability in sharing that because I think that we underestimate how impactful these things are and I know that I work with clients who do or have experienced workplace bullying and they it's such a thing that is um it, that impacts people on such a deep level and one of the things um that I talk about and work with is EMDR which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing and that is just such a helpful tool to help mm -hmm. people kind of move past that emotional block and move past some of those traumas that do get stuck in the body because I think a lot of times we like to talk it out and we like to uh intellectualize things and we forget, like you've kind of said, you know, it does get stored in the body. And I sense that real spiritual side in you as well, in terms of wanting to move that energy. And I love EMDR for that. And I'm, you know, well, don't want to go too much into it. 
I'll have to check it out. But I definitely um, resonate with moving the body. For me, yoga, Pilates, um, just having that movement. I used to be, um, I remember in the peak of my bullying, I was like excessively gymming and my weight was like fluctuating from gaining weight to overeating to just like not feeling great. Whereas now I'm like, I don't want to go to a fast-paced gym class. I want to go to a, a yin yoga and move my body and stretch my body. And I feel like that is very healing for me as well because I definitely um like even you know talking about it, I can I I, I I feel my body like lock and I'm like oh after this I'll go for a nice walk at the botanical gardens and just <laughs> decompress your nervous system definitely sounds like it could do with a little bit of um of, of a, a release and and I think that's where <laughs> things like EMDR or movement like yoga or even going for a brisk walk depending on what it is that your nervous system needs can be really really helpful and beneficial and I have so enjoyed this chat with you and I really appreciate you sharing your story because I think that it's something I know that a lot of the women I work with have had these experiences of bullying whether it's at a severe end or whether it's um, just kind of getting spoken over by men in the workplace it, it impacts a lot of women so to our audience out there you're not alone you if you have experienced bullying there is support out there for you and I guess the other thing that I would love to hear from you is how can people find you if this has resonated and people want to learn more about you how can they find you yeah well great my name is Jessica Hickman so you can just search me on LinkedIn social media Instagram Um, but look if anyone has experienced bullying or um, you know is a leader in a workplace please visit the Bullyology website and I'm sure we can put it in the show notes because what I've done on the Bullyology website I've created a free resource center where people can download um, some help sheets um, how to report bullying uh, help outside of your workplace as well uh, fair work your rights your legislation uh, there's new legislation in Australia called respect at work so if you aren't familiar with that take a look at it because it protects you as an employee but if you are a leader you have a duty of care to have these conversations about bullying harassment sexual harassment um, otherwise you can end up in a court of law so it's very exciting for me because changes protecting people and holding people accountable for actions so again if it resonates with you please reach out and check out my new book the upstander leader how to develop a speak up culture and this ultimately is a toolkit and the guide to help you have a self-awareness to recognize when something isn't wrong and steps and action items to act and make it right and ultimately move from bystander to upstander and change maker Oh my gosh. I've just, I had goosebumps again. The work that you're doing is so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing it. And all of the details about Jessica will be in our show notes. So check that out. Thank you for tuning into the podcast today. And Jessica, thanks again. So great to have you here. Thank you. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Get Over Yourself. I know there are so many podcasts out there and I'm so grateful that you chose this episode to listen to today please consider leaving us a five-star review as this is really going to help our podcast grow. Meanwhile, keep your ears peeled because there will be a fresh new episode dropped next week and I can't wait for you to